I'm doing great. It's been a, a busy time, but yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, it was raining today, and mm. I don't like the rain. I can't. I can't do the rain. I can't do the rain plus the cold. I hate like having yeah. to have an umbrella plus a jacket plus maybe a raincoat right. plus like rain boots. Or, yeah. Like, I'm wearing Doc Martens. I'm wearing the wrong boots. My umbrella mm. also, when it's windy, it always flips. I need a good umbrella. Anyone I don't have an umbrella a, recommendation. A, my umbrella says NYU admissions ambassador, which was my That's on-campus huge. job. And I've been out of college for, it's going to be a year in May. Well, so do I people ever one. walk up to you and they're like, hey, can you get me into NYU? No, because I try to like walk with the NYU in the back, so that oh. way people who are walking towards me can't be like. Oh this, right! And I, I've never been chased. And then, by right, someone. I was gonna say, have you been chased? <laughs> Get okay. me in, let me in, yeah. please. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no control over that. Everybody, I'm sorry. Yeah, good to know. Good Thanks luck, for setting though. the record straight. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Welcome to another episode of Banterly. It's a Gen Z podcast about pop culture and everything Gen Z. And I'm Aiden Taylor, one of the co-hosts. I'm Aditi Misra, one of the other co-hosts. And let's get into it. Let's dive right in. I have been watching, rewatching the show The Good Wife recently. Have you ever oh, seen it? Oh, I haven't. It is one of my favorite shows. My mom used to watch it. And then I watched it when I was younger as it was airing. Uh-huh. And then I rewatched it. A couple years ago, and now I'm rewatching it again, and it is just so good. It's not a show that people our age talk about that much. Yeah, I, feel like I was gonna I'm say I don't one. hear discussions about it. What what is it on? It's free on Amazon Prime. Juliana Margulies is the star. Uh-huh. It was like winning Emmys and Golden Globes, and she's great. And it's just a really good show. Well written and funny, and I yeah. just like honest like I love Alicia Florrick, which is the main character. I look uh-huh. up to her. So if you if you I haven't seen that. The Good Wife, I'm just going to plug that. There was a spinoff also, The Good Fight, but I didn't like that. So I'm just going to mm. rewatch The Good Wife. There you go. Because it's amazing. There you go. Since we're talking about shows, we're going to jump into our question of the day. Ooh, what is it? Our question of the day is what fictional character has shaped you? You know... I was just talking about Alicia Florrick. Yeah. She didn't shape me, but she did, not she did have okay. a lot to do with me. And right. a lot of people might think that are close to me that I'm going to say Quinn Fabre from Glee. Because yeah. we talked about Diana talked Agron about, right, and exactly. blah, blah, blah. But, but you don't relate. I, she did not shape the you. The show shaped me, but right. Quinn didn't shape Quinn me. Did not. But one, the one, one character who definitely shaped me is Miley Stewart, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Hannah Montana when I was little. Me it was too. my favorite Disney I Channel loved show. That show. The movie was amazing. I remember my mom didn't like the TV show, but then after we got out of the theater watching the movie, mm. she was like, "I'm switched." And now we all love Miley Cyrus. But I think it inspired me to like be a performer. Like I did a lot of theater right. and stuff in elementary school and high school, and I like the idea of being on stage and being someone that's not you. And I actually made a little name for myself. I don't think Wait, I ever told anybody this. Wait, what was your this. name? Instead of Hannah Montana. It was Aiden Idaho. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Aiden Idaho's here, and I would pretend to perform in my room as Aiden Idaho, because instead of I Hannah Montana. That. Do you have any connection to Idaho, or are you just like I've never the been flow to Idaho. That? Oh, cool. But I thought but Aiden Idaho right. kind of flowed nicely. It does I went flow nicely. This, it's like not Aiden, Massachusetts. You went through each state, mm-hmm. and you landed on that. Okay. It's like Idaho. I- Idaho. Right. Oh, there you but go. Except not in that That's way. That's genius. Well, it could be. <laughs> but, if you ever wanted to pivot. 
hey, I could. Your branding career, could go in any any direction. <laughs> really could. The doors could open and the some could close. Could but some, yeah. But it depends on what doors you want. Yeah. How about you? My... What's your character? So I was a Disney kid. I mm-hmm. didn't like a lot of Nickelodeon shows. Like I never liked iCarly, whatever. That might be a hot take. Whoa. I never liked iCarly. We can come back to that. We later. can get back to that later. I. I think the only Nickelodeon show that I liked, this might be wrong, but the only one that I was obsessed with was Victorious. Mm. Um, And so a character from that that shaped me was Jade West. And she, like, she just had an aura about her. Like, I loved how aggressive she was, the way she spoke. Answer me. Answer me! I'm so hungry, Bobby! He likes it when you say bass to Shapiro. Oh, I care what he likes. I I remember, I don't know if you remember this. In When we were in the fifth grade, McDonald's wow. had, I think, Victorious-themed Happy Meals. <gasps> and I remember I would be like, I need the Jade West one. And I remember, like, it came with a blue hair clip extension. And I was like, <laughs> let's go. I, like, I just, I literally wanted to transform into her, which like she's arguably not um, a nice um, person, but me being nine years old, yeah, um, and she's funny. Yeah, she was hilarious. Like and I she thought, she has an amazing voice. Like ama- Liz Gillies is so one of the best talented. vocalists of our generation. And I, I loved her in Dynasty too. Yeah. Yes. So Jade West, she shaped me into. I wouldn't say I'm a mean person. I just feel like I'm a very assertive. Like I like to stand my ground, and I do think that she inspired me to act in that way whenever I think about that though and Mm -hmm. I tell people like oh like watching Victorious I wasn't like put off on her I actually was like inspired by her people kind of get shocked by that and like inspired by such an evil I'm not evil I don't want to say evil but like arguably on the show she She was was the antagonist she was the antagonist and that just makes me think like how influential watching different tv shows and Mm -hmm. movies can be on, on and people. probably harmful if, like, the person that you're... I mean, Jade is a... I, I, I support that. Yeah. <laughs> but if, like, you were really idolizing, like, I don't know, a serial killer or something... Right. That would be... That would be a problem, right? Be, and what's the prob, dog? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jade West. TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's what we're going to kind of get into in this episode. Let's though. talk about it. Let's talk about that. Because serial killers have been uh, the focus of a lot of movies and TV shows as of late. Um, Mm -hmm. Not just in documentaries, but... And reenactments. Reenactments, fictionalizations. mm -hmm. There was the one with Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. And Ross Lynch also played Ted Bundy, although I never watched either of those. Me neither. And I remember the hype about it, but then once it came out, I just... I think it just kind of flew under the radar because I would be like, did yeah. that show ever come out? And like, yeah, that came out a year ago. Like, whoa. I was like, yeah, I don't was remember not that. part of that conversation, apparently. But Dahmer with Evan Peters was much more culturally relevant. I feel like there were so yeah. many TikTok memes, like the one where he has like the TV, the TV. and he's like turning it on and you put like something that you want to watch. I still see that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that was more talk. I don't know if it's because Evan Peters is, I th- maybe Zac Efron and Ross Lynch have had their time to shine and Evan Peters is... Well, I don't know, American Horror Story, and he's kind of... I feel like it was huge, yeah. yeah. But there was just something weird about, like, Zac Efron and Ross Lynch, them being, like, framed as objects of 
desire in a way. Yeah. Um, they're so attractive. Like, they're, yeah, Troy attractive Bolton people. is like the OG like Yo, heartthrob we have of been, our generation. Exactly. We have been raised to be in love with that man, I feel. Mm-hmm. And then for him to then be Ted Bundy, like that is crazy to me. So we're gonna we're gonna be talking about Dahmer mm-hmm. today, and we're also gonna be talking about you. And you, I think. Oh, when I say we're gonna talk about you, I don't mean you, Aiden. Uh, you, the TV not show. Talk about Sorry. Wait, we're not I gonna feel t- like wait, I we can't talk about Dahmer and Aiden? And you, yeah. We you can go through my life story <laughs> and talk about Diana Agron again. <laughs> I, every episode, we're gonna bring up Diana Agron. No, so we're gonna talk about you, and you is a Netflix show uh, starring Penn Badgley, another mm. attractive man. Well, hello there. Who are you? Everyone just calls me Beck. And there you were. Every account set to public. You want to be seen, heard, known, of course. The Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. He is all. Gossip Girl. He, yeah, that was, that was insane. Which is a weird switch. That was on. weird. That was weird. Um, but quick recap. You, four seasons, each season, Joe is in love with a new woman, essentially. Mm-hmm. By, by in love, I do mean deeply obsessed. Obsessed to the extent where he starts to... Um, track every aspect of these girls' lives and kill kill people. Kill people he, who who wrong them, which is... Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah. I know I said in a previous episode that I like to know where people live and stuff, but I just want to let the record show that I don't do that in a <laughs> Joe Goldberg way. I just do it as right. pure, pure because curiosity. Because curious. Yeah, so it's like, different. I think... I just want to say that. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you for clarifying. That is important to do. But I do think that that's a very important point when talking about the popularity of the show because... Everything that Joe is doing is stuff that we can all do. Like, I think one of the reasons that people were so obsessed with you is because, like, I remember season one, he, like, synced up Beck's old phone and it Mm -hmm. was synced to her new phone and then he was able to get access to all of her information from that. It's just like, Mm. we live in such a digital age and information is so accessible through social media. Like we post everything about our lives. And as you were saying, like you can Zillow stock homes and like do all of these things. And so to watch someone do that for, for crime purposes, I think when it comes to the fascination with like watching these portrayals it's like oh this this could happen and you get to kind of watch someone's thought process in that without being in direct harm so i think that's why i yeah. was hooked on I w- it immediately i was hooked too yeah what were I your mean, thoughts this was really a, a very trending show when it was released yeah the first couple seasons like 20 i don't want to talk about yeah, the last yeah, yeah. season because that was i whack. did not like season four part one was so boring I was disappointed. Yeah, but the first two were really good. I loved it. I loved the characters. It was one of those shows that I look forward to, like going home and yeah, finishing. Yeah, like, I miss that. And one show that I didn't watch was Dahmer, which is the other one we're going to talk about. Yeah, I didn't watch that when it was the hype. I mm-hmm. I tried to get ten. I was ten minutes in, and I turned the episode off. And I was right. like, "This isn't interesting. I can't do this." Yeah. Um, but for anyone who's not familiar with the show. Like we said, it stars Evan Peters, and it's like a mini-series reenactment that tells the story of the infamous serial killer slash cannibal Jeffrey Dahmer and his life, his backstory, and his victims. Power tools going all hours of the night. I hear screaming coming from your apartment. I think a different 
twist that this one takes than other ones is that it focuses a, in some ways a lot more on the victims and his family and also the people around him, like his black neighbor who I guess was warning the police for months, yeah, but they didn't right. listen to her, which we can get Classic. into later. But I didn't even know that. And then, yeah. so it's not as heavily centered around Dahmer, but it still is named after him and it is heavily centered on Dahmer. I mean, um, we look at his childhood and yeah. like... And it and it humanizes him, and it makes me feel bad for him. I mean, yeah, if which you're, is not which is not good. But I felt so. Good. I was like, I know that people have horrible childhoods, but and I and I the episode that I was watching today, he was like, I just felt bad that no guys gave him attention, and he was like, Oh well, you want to come over? Like we can have a beer. I was, oh, like <laughs> Evan. I know it's like Evan, right? But yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It just, I and I know that's so messed up. But I know the show. A lot of the the victim families did not like it, which is another topic. Let's talk about this. There's there's a lot here. I mm-hmm. think for me, with you and Dahmer, to me, when I'm thinking about these shows, you is like obviously a fictional story. Yeah. Um, but with Dahmer, it's a fictionalization of something that real people suffered through. And like yeah. like you just mentioned, like a lot of the victims' families, like they were unhappy with this. And I was doing some research just to see like what Ryan Murphy, which again, call back to Glee once more, Ryan Murphy <laughs> making a pivot. Um, he, when he was writing the show, he was mm-hmm. doing research and he reached out to around 20 families and none of them responded. None of them were, and he kept going. I feel and like, he just kept going. What if you're like a, a filmmaker or a TV show maker, you'd want the responses just so you can make a more accurate? Because I know that this show it was factual, but it wasn't as factual as like a documentary. Like I know that right. they got a lot of facts wrong to dramatize it all. But wouldn't <clears throat> right. you like, oh, like, oh, let me talk to you, let me get your consent, because maybe you'll give some insight to a, a an angle that hasn't been done in a show before. Like I feel like right. I'd want that. Yeah, I I agree with that, but I think part of me is very much like if these families aren't responding to you do you not take a second to step back and be like huh maybe this shouldn't be made because the people who are alive and who had to suffer through this don't want to interact with me like i for me i feel deeply against this show like i i purposely didn't watch it um mm-hmm. when it came out because I was like there there's one no need for more media on this two these victims their families are criticizing it like they don't want this out they don't like a lot of victims families came out and said like this is re-traumatizing me to to see like people get excited cousins and their parents right and and thirst over him do you think yeah do you think that there's a difference like I know that Jeffrey Dahmer will be infamous forever, like, mm-hmm. but the difference between, like, a docu-series and this reenactment, like, is do- are docu-series, are you, like, a fan of those more? Like, do you support them more? Yeah, that's a really good question. I I really like true crime documentaries. That's another thing. Uh-huh. There's, like, a, I feel like there's a huge true crime craze. Yes. I like how Only <clears throat> Murders in the Building, I don't know if you watched that show, they, like, really talk about, like, the true crime podcast yeah. and just, like, how that's a big thing. I will agree. I really enjoy watching those things. Same. And I like how they're factual. And like, I think my issue with something like Dahmer is when you're creating a fictionalization of a true event, you're building a character. 
Yeah. And you have to give them yeah. a narrative arc. You have to see their background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that there's an ethics issue with it when I am watching this cute little boy be like, oh, are you guys getting divorced? It's his parents. <laughs> I'm like, I <laughs> I get why you need to show yeah, me this. But, but I, like, knowing the truth that, like, this is a real person who committed horrendous crimes. I don't want to feel that way about him. Like, I don't want to learn that his parents went through a divorce by seeing a young version of him go through that. Uh, just tell me through a documentary that yeah. his parents got divorced. And also, like, Evan Peters, as amazing as an actor as he, as he is, he's never met Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, the character that right. he's making is his own interpretation. Like, it's yeah, not... exactly. Jeffrey could come back from the dead. Hopefully he doesn't do that and <laughs> be like, hey, I wouldn't wear that or I wouldn't say that. Yeah, like, so it's I all would do this differently. Yeah, but exactly. But I definitely also, like you, enjoy true crime documentaries yeah. because in some twisted way seeing them interview an actual killer, seeing them interview a victim or a right. cop who was the first on the scene to see whatever gruesome things were there. Like, it's just so interesting. Like, oh my God, yeah. that person killed somebody. Like, that person saw that. And seeing, like, the... It's horrible, our fascination with these horrible, horrible things. But it just goes back to human nature. I feel like that's why these are so popular. We love to see the violence and think, oh, it could never be us. Right, like, exactly. we're so good. That's so evil. Like, it helps us feel better at ourselves but it's also like really interesting like I'm just so fascinated with like it's like when you're on the highway and there's a car accident everybody right, exactly. turns their head to see what's going on Yeah, I've done that many a times right. and it's because you feel comfortable from your car just like we feel comfortable from our couches or bedrooms watching these twisted people yeah it's like interesting to be able to get that inside peek in the functionings of a mind that I mean hopefully it's you don't different. have but I don't have <laughs> You never know. I'll say I don't have it. But I call me in a couple years. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> um but yeah. yeah, I feel like the other thing I will say on documentary, like I think my overall stance, I feel very absolutist about how I feel and mm-hmm. I feel very passionately about it. To me, if there's even one person who was involved in the actual uh, crime, whether it's a family member or if it's like the actual victim, if they survived from whatever it was, if one person doesn't want that media to be created, I don't think that it should be created. To me, the only documentary that I can think of that for me passes the morality test, I mm-hmm. guess if you want to say, I don't know if you ever watched um, Stolen Youth, the cult no. of um, Sarah Lawrence College, highly recommend. Okay. Every victim who is part of the cult is a part of the documentary. Um, I think one person is not, but they declined. Based on my knowledge, they weren't against the production of this, although I might be wrong. But for me, like, this was something that had, like, it. they just treated the subjects with such empathy. Their voices were the ones that were amplified. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who were able to represent themselves in the way that they wanted to. Whereas for me, Dahmer was something that, like, Ryan Murphy someone who is already very prominent and rich, Evan Peters, someone who is already very prominent and rich, these people are profiting off of other people's stories. Yeah. And, and like, a lot of them didn't want these stories to be told. Like, uh, my question is, what gives them the right to tell the story? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I feel very passionately about this. No, <laughs> I, I, I hear it, and I see it, and I, I agree with you. I think there also uh, it, there's another level of their 
the way that they profit over the, these things is enhanced. Right, right, right. <laughs> we got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of how attractive the actors yeah. are. Like casting Zach Afron as Ted Bundy, you know what you were doing. You with know that. what you're doing. And Evan Peters isn't attract, even though he's he's like a different. It's like that. Um, it's a different type of attractive. What's that actor who's kind of like Je- Jesse Eisenberg? He's more oh, of like that nerdy yeah, yeah, type yeah. of people that people yeah. like. <laughs> um, but it also it's interesting because even back in the day, people were fangirling over the actual Ted Bundy and the actual Jeffrey Dahmer, like sending in fan, fan letters mail? and yeah. those those women who got married to them in prison because they were obsessed with them. So it, it's just an interesting thing how, yeah, it's messed up that they hire these attractive actors, but also like it's sort of accurate because of how the the craze of them back which I can't I feel like we don't have serial killers like this anymore like there's nobody that's like thank god uh, no it's a good thing I'm not saying like oh I miss this those isn't days. a call to action <laughs> no <laughs> no stand please don't do that if you're thinking oh, about god. it please um oh god like we don't have those those figures it's bad right. which is a good thing it's a good thing I also feel like an important aspect of all of this is like we are talking about how we are sympathizing with Dahmer and that. And, like, in You, whenever I was watching it, I would watch Joe do these things, and I would, like, root for him at times. Like, I, I loved how they portrayed, like, for me, season two, Joe mm-hmm. and love. I loved that. But it was, like, it was watching a love story that I was, like, rooting for, and I was, like, mm-hmm. why am I, like, I should hate Joe. Like, why am I on his side? Why am I, like, kind of sympathizing with him at times? And I think an an interesting part of both of these shows is like I don't think that we could ignore race mm-hmm. as part of this equation. I think more so with Dahmer seeing audiences sympathizing with Dahmer is an interesting commentary of how white criminals are perceived through media, how yeah. they're talked about in media differently than people of color. Um, like school shooters, like, they're always like he was. He was such a good kid. Oh, he has he's mentally ill. They mm-hmm. if they're on the news, they show the picture of him in like a button down but, shirt. Right, exactly. But then like some black teens rob someplace and they show and their mug shots mugshot. or they're like he was like his dad left him. But like yeah. it's, it's all these like they're really like stereotyping it up and supporting and humanizing and making us want to feel bad for those white criminals. Yeah, and I just feel like that type of grace is not given to especially black men but just any people of color like I think it's very interesting how we have these shows that center around these white criminals and like not that their purpose was for us to sympathize with Dahmer like that's not what Ryan Murphy wanted to do but I mean it's what happened and I just I wonder is it just easier for audiences to sympathize with him because of his race like i i don't know i don't know either <laughs> it's a, it's a tough question it's just like goes back to society like they can get away with more they're easily forgiven i don't know why i don't know why yeah i mean i just i don't know like ryan murphy's purpose of creating mm-hmm. the show again i was like doing so much research because i was like why why did this man do this um ryan murphy creating the show and also Dahmer doing everything he did but like his <laughs> his <clears throat> reasoning behind creating the show and you you talked about this a little bit earlier mm-hmm. was to highlight the victim stories 
Yeah. Like that was Ryan Murphy's purpose. That was a good, good try. Right. And I think it would be really interesting if there was another show, not that we need to keep creating shows, but down the line, if someone had to retell the story, which they in, they inevitably will, to like mm-hmm. do a show that's just, like you, you cast an actor who plays Jeffrey Dahmer, but like you never, maybe you only see the back of his head or you never see his mm, face. He doesn't have any lines. Yeah. He's just there. And it's more about the victims because most of his victims, especially towards the end, were just gay black men and he was right. living in a black neighborhood mm-hmm. and all these things that I didn't, I didn't really know about because I yeah. just knew Jeffrey Dahmer was right. crazy and he ate people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but to have a story that's solely from the characters, the victims' perspectives yeah. with the of course, the consent of the families, but having mm-hmm. a show about him without being about him at all, like, you don't even see him, you don't hear him, he doesn't get a voice. Yeah, I think, like, the primary purpose oh, so is to, like, tell the story. Like, I do think that there is a value in us learning more about Dahmer's victims. Like, I, I also, like you, didn't know that part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there is a value in being able to tell that in these shows that are being created but I think I do still have that purest view of like the fact that it's being fictionalized like I I don't know the idea of casting someone and going through the audition process to play someone who has been killed mm-hmm. that like I I just really can't get past that yeah. Like, that's why I feel like documentaries, a nonfiction telling of the story, like, that to me is more important. But then, like, that goes to the other purpose why we do end up with these fictionalizations is because do people actually want to watch a documentary? No, they do want to watch that hit show with Evan Peters, star yeah. of American Horror Story. Like, that is what sells more. And then we're getting back to the whole uh, no ethical consumption under capitalism thing because everyone's Oof. just trying to make money. And I know I'm going on like a weird rant right now, but every it's Rants all connected. Yeah. And I feel very angry about it. I read that it, after 60 days, Dahmer passed 1 billion hours. Like, watched total. Dahmer? Yeah. Had one billion hours watched? Mm-hmm. After 60 days that, of it being up. It's only the third series on Netflix to do that. Really? Yeah. I'm actually shocked by that, because I feel like there's so many other shows that were that have nothing to do with you. Like, right. what about um, Outer Banks or Stranger, Th- Stranger Things? <laughs> Stranger Outer Things Banks? is one of those. Jenny and Georgia? I oh, I hated that show. Really? What about River? Does Riverdale count, even though it's not a Netflix mm, show? I don't think that that would be... Well... I don't think that would I feel be included. Like there's so many other Netflix CW shows that were so much more popular than this. I I do agree, but I Why think did, that like, goes to the like no, they know nothing. what they were doing. Like you don't like Jenny and Georgia. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like that you're going back on that. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but <laughs> yeah, we can circle um, back. I did not like. I I hated it actually. Oh, okay. no offense. Apparently. Um, okay. Uh, wh- okay. Um, that but Netflix. Netflix. One thing that they have been doing. And making more, I guess, mainstream and, eas- and easily accessible is documentaries. Like, there are a lot of docu-series that I know a lot of my friends like and mm-hmm. that are not the traditional, like, you turn on National Geographic. It's like, the tiger was crouched in the forest and waited Which I also for- do love. Okay, well... Have you ever seen Monkey Planet? What? That show's crazy. I'm you just saying that they're more side. interesting. <laughs> yeah, like it's I get not, it. like it's like it. It's not. Dr- dr- it's not like an actor playing someone, but it is yeah. more like it. Like there's a lot of documentaries on Netflix that are really good and well received and and more factual, and you get the victims talking and 
I think about that. Well, there's a few that have nothing to do with like murder, but I wa- I recently watched the documentary about the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum robbery. Um, yeah. That was really good. I can imagine recommend that. And even the I am I'm a killer. I think it's called oh, show yeah, where yeah, they yeah. interview real killers in prison. I think That's... it's so. Fu- I think it's much more interesting to hear from a killer <laughs> themselves. Yeah. What I'm about to tell you, I stopped myself from telling anybody. I was convicted for capital murder. I was convicted of capital murder. And I was sentenced to death. I did something so heinous. I just In a twisted way, I, I like just knowing that that person committed such heinous crimes that I I'm know. looking at, it's much more interesting to me than seeing Evan Peters play him and also hearing from the victims it makes you really and seeing pictures of the actual victims and hearing from their families it's really it's it's heart-wrenching and it's sad mm-hmm. but i think that if we're going to tell these stories that's how it has to be right because it is a sad story like we can't be feeling bad for the guy even though i did mm-hmm. i felt bad for evan i didn't feel bad for jeffrey right yeah 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 I gotta tell myself <laughs> that because i don't <laughs> It's. I mean, it makes me feel weird as an audience member. But I also, like, there's just something about, and I really want to watch. What is it? I am a. Killer? I am a killer. Okay, I, think. I need. I need to watch yeah, that it's because so interesting. it's like, we all go through like bad childhoods, or we have like certain events. So like, yeah, everybody has their thing. Many people have parents who have gone through a divorce, things like that, and it's just like Exhibit A. Exhi- oh. <laughs> me sitting right here. Apologies, but it's like it's okay. knowing that someone can go that far, and there's just like a such a behavioral study that like you just want to do as an audience member by watching these shows, mm-hmm. and like with you. It's um, not you. Uh, you the show. Um, <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> With you, it's like you get to see. I don't know. I like being able to access that crazy psychotic part of someone's mind when I know that they're not real. You know what I mean? Like we can watch Joe mm-hmm. like explain why he does certain things, like why he takes things so far. Thoughts. We can hear his thoughts. He has that internal and, monologue, which I, I think is really interesting. That. I'm not a bad person. She was going to ruin you, but you're safe now, thanks to me. I just want you to live your best life. It's brave what I do for you. It's not easy. It's hard. Sometimes it makes me sick. I'm brave. How many guys are willing to do anything for the person they love? Honestly, Beck, you're lucky to have. Yeah. I love that because it's something like, Again, these aren't brains that we have, I hope. And just being able to get that <laughs> access, <laughs> getting that access inside the mind of a serial killer, inside of a psychotic person is like, I don't know. It, we're naturally curious beings and we getting are. that access is very interesting. And we're going to want the access no matter what. Like, right. They're not going to stop making these shows. But I think the answer is these docu these documentaries are so interesting and they can make it they don't have to make it super boring and they can make it like the series where you want to binge all the episodes or they can make it one thing but that's what what you said just then like what makes me like you so much I think is being able to hear the psychology around what he's because he's he thinks he's justified and I think he's justified sometimes too I don't think these people deserve to die right but he has the right intention. it's like when you hear his explanation you're like I see why you got there i don't agree with it yeah but you see why but, which is why the i am the yeah. killer show is so interesting because right. you hear their, their the justification about it. 
And so I feel like that's how we got to move forward with these shows because they're so interesting and people will always love them. Yeah. But yeah, that's, oh, that internal monologue really The internal monologue, it it does humanize them. And again, like, uh, I, watching you, I think for me is a more, I don't want to say it's a positive experience (laughs) because it's a very stressful show. With these two shows, you as fun i really enjoyed watching it and getting that inside look into it like a Mm -hmm. potential like everything that joe does it's like okay this could happen in real life i can see this happening but i think for me when watching Dahmer, it's like these are this is a real story that i'm watching and i didn't watch it for a reason when i did watch it felt deeply guilty and as (laughs) everyone can probably tell i got very angry about (laughs) it So it, yeah, it's something that made me deeply angry. Very valid, though. Very Um, valid feelings. And so, yeah, that's just my my take on the shows. And I feel like, yeah, like you said, moving forward for me, that ethics part is very important for any future productions that happen. For sure. Is you getting a? Is you have a season five? It's done. No. It's done. I thought part two was the was done. It's yeah. It's over. Sorry to be oh, the one to break the you news to you. Just broke that news for me. Wow. Yeah. I was gonna be like, well, I can't wait to see what sure. season five of you, but I guess there may not be a season f- should I Google it really quick? It's me Googling. Uh you season five will be Joe Goldberg's final chapter. Oh we got one more. I provided <laughs> fake news for fake everyone. News. I'm sorry for being we, a liar. Should we break that news? Is Banchley gonna break the Whoa. news of season five of you? You season five. This is no, huge. this has been out since August. Oh. Um of twenty twenty three. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. I totally I'm excited for I'm excited for that. I'm ex- I, I like these new the documentaries that are coming out. I'm glad Netflix yeah. is doing that. And it's accessible, I like them it's too. fun. And but what do you guys think? Did you like Dahmer? Do you like right. serial killers? Do you also are you also fascinated by these interesting minds that are hopefully different than ours? Well, yeah. Let us know. Do um, any of you feel as angry as I do? I'd love to talk to you. Sound <laughs> off, please. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> you guys can bond over that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to rant about this more. Like now, I feel like my blood pressure is really high, and I'm like ah. Um. Anyway. That. Ending on the note of blood pressure. That was another a- <laughs> episode of Banterly. Let us know your thoughts about everything. You can email us at banterly at immigrantlypod.com or on our socials at immigrantlypod on Instagram and at immigrantlypodcast on TikTok. Banterly is an immigrantly production and will be released weekly on Wednesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Banterly is produced by Shay Yu, written by us, the co-hosts Aditi Misra and Aiden Taylor. The executive producer and editorial view is done by Sadia Khan. Our sound designer and editor is Steve Martin. The Banterly theme music is Simon Hutchinson. And additional music is by Epidemic Sound. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for listening. See you next week. <laughs>